to talk about 40 days in the Word. We've been gearing up for this for several months now, way more than 40 days. And today's kind of a preview service. Kind of gets you know where we're going to be going for the next 40 days together as a church family. If you're a guest, we're so glad that you're here today, that you would come and join us. I just let you know where we're, we as a church are going to be going in the next 40 days and just love to have you jump in and tag along with us. We're just really honored that you would trust us and be with us today. First of all, grab these message notes out of your program. You're going to need these to take some notes today as we go along through and just kind of introduce where we're going to go for the next 40 days. If you have your Bible with you, open it to James chapter 1. And uh, James is after Hebrews and before Revelation at the end of the New Testament. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, when you leave today, right on both sides of our exits, as you go out here, uh, you'll be able to find some bookshelves with some Bibles on them. If you do not have a Bible, we want you to take one today. It's free. Just on us. Just go ahead and grab one because we want everyone to be able to take this and during the week read it so that you can get into it so that it can be, uh, it can come into you as God wants it to. So if you do, if, if, as you come in every week, if you want to grab a Bible, go ahead and grab one. You can use it while you're here and just put it back when you leave. That'd be wonderful. So someone else can take that as well. So what we're going to do today is just going to lay the foundation for what we're going to do over the next 40 days together. So there are going to be five components of this 40 days spiritual emphasis. One is the Sunday morning services. And so we're going to every week, we're going to talk about a different aspect of the Bible and understanding it for our lives. Everything from can I trust it? How do I read it? How do I understand it? Can I interpret it myself? And then how can I apply it? We're going to look at all these things about the Bible each and every week as we go through these series. So I just want to encourage you that every week's important as we do this, and all of us can engage in that way. The second component will be our community groups. So what we're going to do on Sundays, we're going to talk about the Bible, and we can't say everything in the time that we have together. And so in the, when you gather in your community groups, you're going to go deeper. Pastor Rick Warren, you'll be watching a DVD he, he will be teaching another 30 minutes, and then you're going to be talking about it together in your group. And so everyone's going to need to get one of these booklets, and those will be available at the groups that you go to. Uh, one of these booklets, they're $10, and please, nobody let costs get in the way. We've had some people to say if someone can't afford it, they'll underwrite it. So if you just go to a group, say you, just, you can't afford one, it's free. It's on us. You can have a book. And so we'll go through these books, and they're very essential. We'll look at them in our, small, our community group times, and also they have daily devotionals that we'll use as well as we go. That. So that's the second component. The third component will be the memory verses. So we're going to have a memory verse for every week. And so when you go to your gr group, you're going to get a bookmark like this. And so we're going to memorize six verses together, and we're going to come together. Now, a really cool thing, if you've been here for you know, our church, we've done these uh, spiritual emphasis before. We have an addition this time. And the addition is that we're going to be able to, uh, you're going to be able to go to on your computer or your mobile device, and you're going to be able to watch a daily devotional. So you have a daily devotional that you're going to be able to watch, and those will begin on October 22nd. That's day one. October 22nd is day one, and you'll be able to go to our Facebook page, our website. So you want to like us on Facebook, okay, so that you can be able to get these, and you're going to be able to go out and be able to watch this daily devotional. It's going to be five to eight minutes, 40 pastors, different pastors, so everyone will be unique are going to share some ideas and thoughts. It's for a daily devotional that you can have as well. That's another component. And then lastly, we believe that everything that we learn, that we should also be able to go and do something with. And so it'll be an extend compassion piece 
that'll be part of this, and next week we'll hand these out, give you all kinds of ideas about how we can extend compassion, that we'll let God's word come into us, and then he wants it to go out from us in love and serving our community in some way. The biggest deal is our Fall Family Festival. That's 17 days from today, believe it or not, 17 days from today, October 31st, our Fall Family Festival. And just know we still need lots of servants and we need lots of candy. Candy. Somewhere around a ton of candy we give away. I know that you're happy about that, right, moms and dads? Somewhere around a ton of candy. And so we just need lots and lots and lots of candy. So if you'll bring, I just told you last week, if you'll buy 10 bags, you can keep one and give us nine, okay? That's kind of the deal. That's kind of what we're looking at. We just need lots of that in order for this to be a success because that's what kids want as well. And here's what I want to promise you. I promise you that if you will engage with us fully for the next six weeks, that you're going to see in God's Word things you've never seen before. You're going to experience God in ways you've never experienced Him before. And I also believe that if you will engage with this, that your life will never be the same. I know that that sounds like hype, but I know it's true because I know what God's word does in me. I know when I embrace his word, this is all about you and me embracing his word so that his word comes into us so that God can speak to us about what he wants us to know about him. You've heard people say that the book, the Bible is just a book of fables put together by man. Other people say, it's just a book for religious people, so therefore it's not for me in my life. Other people look at the Bible and they see it as a book of rules that people use the Bible to keep other people in line in some way. Another way people view the Bible, and I've been guilty of this myself. Just want you to know, I've been guilty of saying this actually myself. Another way people view the Bible is they view the Bible as an owner's manual for life. An owner's manual for life. Now, kind of think about that. You know, if I have a problem in life, and I go and I consult the owner's manual. So I just want to ask you this question. If you look at that, thinking about looking at the Bible that way, when was the last time you read an owner's manual? <laughs> we don't read them, do we? We, you know, go to our house. My wife knows this. We have a closet. In the back of the closet, there's a box. Every time we buy a product, the owner's manual goes into this box. And then what happens is we never get that owner's manual out again until there's a what? Problem. That's right. Until there's a problem. And we go to that owner's manual. See, the Bible is a book that God wants us to know, so it prevents us from getting into problems, right? So it keeps us from going to those places so he can speak to us and he can guide us. And if we view it as just an owner's manual, we'll, we'll just look at this book as a way to solve problems problems. And guess what the Bible is? Guess is God's personal love letter to you. It's his personal love letter to you. When you embrace this book, when you read about through the pages of this book, you just need to know that God is speaking to you, his heart. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be loved by him, and he wants you to love him. And this is a personal letter to every one of us. God's love letter. Now, if it's that important, then why don't we all read it? If it's that important, then why don't we all read this book? In fact, I was looking at some research this week. It's just fascinating research that just came out. Just recently just came out, men by the name of Ed Stetzer. He wrote a book called Transformation and talking about the whole idea of, you know, people embracing the Bible. Well, I want to show you a graph that's included in this book. He talks about this. This is, okay, this is, he's surveying churchgoers, okay? So this is people who go to church. 
and he asked people who go to church, how often do you read the Bible other than the time you're in church? Other than that hour that you're in church, how often do you read the Bible? Here's what it said. People said, 19% said every day. 26% said a few times a week. 14% once a week. 22% at least once a month. 18% rarely or never. Rarely or never. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's real good. I was pretty disappointed when I saw this. I was just disappointed in thinking that how many churchgoers come to church and they say that God's word is for them and they get ideas from God's word, they hear God's word spoken, but then they never touch it outside of church. See, what our goal in this series is, is that wherever you are in this continuum, and I know that if this was a, a survey of churchgoers, every one of us has, you know, we've we're been nailed today, every one of us, or we've been identified, that you will take another step. That you will just move a step. If you rarely or never read your Bible, except when you're here on a Sunday, I just ask that you would just move over to say, I'm going to read it once a month more than that. Once a week. Just move over to once a week and say you're going to do that. If you're reading it once a week, a few times a week. So you just make a step. Read it a few times a week, every day. If you're reading it every day, go ahead and do it some more. Okay, so there we go. That's what I want you to do. That's what we're going to do in this series is look at this. Now, if, it, if God wants us to be, read his word, look at what he says in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8. It says this, we live, this is what it's supposed to be, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If that's the truth, then don't you think we should embrace it? That we should get it into ourselves so that we truly know, I live, I get my sustenance, I get my life from every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, and it's spoken to us in his book. The number one goal for this series is to get us to embrace our Bible regularly to embrace our Bible regularly. And we're going to do everything within our power. We're going to use all the 40 days materials that we have available to us. We're going to, you know, get our services aligned in such a way, our student ministry, our children's ministry. We're all going to be doing this together because we want our church to know the Bible. We want us to embrace God's word. So we're going to help you to take steps to learn how to read your Bible, how to study your Bible, how to interpret your Bible, how to, you know, get inspired by your Bible and how to apply your Bible. We're going to do all that as we come together in these six weeks. The Bible helps us to know God, know ourselves, and know what God expects from us or wants from us in this life. Now, most of us, if you really think about this in our relationship with God, most of us spend our time trying to get God to do things for us, right? You think about your prayer times. In your prayer times, most of our prayers are designed saying, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I want to ask if we just think about this a little differently. Instead of looking at life as trying to get God to do things for me, what if life in the Bible was all about me listening to God speak? Listening to God's voice. Listening to him speak to me. And every time you pray, you say, God, 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 I need this, I need this, I need this. But what if your prayer times were simply times where God wanted to say something very important to you? That he wanted to speak to you. What if he wanted to say something very specific just for you and your life? And as you came to the Bible as, and you embraced the Bible, God spoke to you through that book. I just imagine, imagine you'd never heard a sound. 
You'd never heard a baby cry like we just heard. You'd never been able to hear a sound in your life. If you'd been deaf your entire life, and then at the age of 29, because of the miracle of science, you were able to gain your hearing, what would it feel like to actually be able to hear the person you love? Well, we're going to watch a clip of a 29-year-old young woman. Because of a cochlear implant that she had, she gets to hear for the first time in her life, and we get to watch. Let's watch. <laughs> it's like so close. There you go. Oh, right over it. Yeah. There you go. It's beeping. So now technically your device is on. <laughs> Can you tell? Put it down for a second. Just get used to the sound. <laughs> what does it sound like? Do you want to your mess up, guy? Can you hear me? Can you hear your voice? Does your voice sound pretty loud? Um. No, not really. What's going on? <laughs> My laughter sounds loud. Yeah, you'll get used to all of that over time. <laughs> Do you want to hear your husband say something? Okay, you can wipe your tears on the shoulder of the person next to you, okay? Oh, my word. That's just beautiful. The joy on her face as she was able to hear for the very first time. What a wave of emotion that came over her. Well, I want you to imagine with me. Imagine with me what it would be like, what it would be like to hear God's voice for the very first time. Well, guess what? We get to hear God's voice every day. We get to hear him speak every day. You can experience the joy and the emotion of hearing the voice of God, the encouraging, challenging, comforting voice of God in our lives. And that's what can happen every day when you embrace his word. When you embrace the Bible, every day God wants to speak to you. Some of you think the Bible's irrelevant today. You think it really doesn't have any relevancy and we're living in the life we are? Well, I want you to know, you're in for the surprise of your life. The Bible never goes out of date. The Bible never goes out of style. Because see here, it's God's love letter to his people. So in every age, that love letter has the same message. The same message that God wants to give to us. It never goes out of style. It's never irrelevant. It's relevant in every age as God speaks to us. He wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to know him. He wants us to understand him. And he wants us to love him and then to love others as well. Tell you what, lots of folks believe this about the Bible, even if they don't go to church or follow him. Listen to this. In, uh, this is an MTV political correspondent writing. It says this. 
no matter how secular our culture becomes, it will remain drenched in the Bible. Since we will be haunted by the Bible, even if we don't know it, doesn't it make sense to read it? To read the Bible is to be reminded, as Bill Moyers says, that what is in it is in us. And that is worth so much. What is in it is in us. So we read the Bible. So we're called to do that. So what I want to do today is I'm going to give you four ideas. This kind of just whet your appetite as we do this preview uh, for the 40 days. Four ideas that we're going to get them all from James chapter 1, 19 through 25. Some of you are going to say, you're going to listen to my message today and you're going to sit there and go, is that it? And then others of you are going to say, that's it. That's it. That's exactly what I needed. So wherever you are in that continuum, let's look at these four ideas. Okay, first is this. If I'm going to be able to embrace the Bible for my life, I must receive it humbly. For the first thing I have to do is I have to receive it humbly. I have to be open to the book. I have to be open that this might be God's word or this is God's word. And he wants to speak to me. See, if we have a guard up, if our guard up, if we have barriers that are so high and because of some scarring in our past, because somebody who pounded the Bible on us or because of some, you know, something we heard from someone else that the Bible's out of date or that's not truth or just words written by men and it doesn't hold up to scientific study. In some way, we don't want to read the Bible because of all that. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to take down those barriers, just begin today, just take down those barriers and that you would just be open, open yourself up to receive what God says. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just receive what he says. Look at what it says in James. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept. Circle that word accept for me. That word means hospitality. It means hospitality. It describes how you graciously accept someone else into your home. You know, first of all, when someone's coming to your home, you make sure it's really clean. And then when they open the door, when they knock on the door, they ring the doorbell, you don't, you know, just stand there and look at them. What do you do? You open the door. You open the door and you let them in. And so what we want to do is we want to say, God, I'm going to open the door and I'm going to humbly invite you in. I'm going to be hospitable. And I'm going to let you in. And it goes on. It says, humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. It has the power to save your souls. See, God wants us to embrace his word willingly. He wants us to embrace his word humbly to come before him. So that means that I come to the Bible. This is going to tweak some of you when I say this. I come to the Bible and I say, I'm no longer going to critique this book. I'm going to let this book critique me. That's humility. I'm not coming to it to critique it. I'm going to let it critique me in my life. So what, uh, what I have to do? James said some things. First, I have to be still. So I have to listen. So, you know, if I'm going to be able to read the Bible, come to it, embrace it, I have to have moments when I'm still, when I kind of quiet the clutter in my life so that I can listen to what it says. He says, don't be angry. So I have to calm my emotions. You know, some of you, you come to your quiet time or your time to be with God and your emotions are so high because of something else that's going on or you're fearful or you're, you know, stressed or you never be worried after last week, if you're here last week, okay? But you come to your Bible, and you have those kinds of emotions, and you aren't able to hear what it says. Hear what it says. So you have to calm your emotions. And then it says this. It says, get rid of all filth. Now, this is, you know, you're, some of you are going to love me for this. Some of you won't. Okay, that word filth means earwax. 
means earwax. So he's saying there, get rid of all your earwax. I don't know, I'm just TMI, probably TMI for you, you probably won't like this. I have an earwax problem. I have an earwax, anybody else have an earwax problem? <laughs> you do, some of you do. You're willing to admit it as well. My, I don't produce enough oil. What happens is it just builds up over time. And one day I wake up and I can't hear out one side of my head. Can't hear a thing. And I know what happened. I've got an earwax problem. So I have to go buy one of those kits or go to the doctor and I have to do everything I can to get it softened so the earwax will come out. This is amazing. Every time the earwax comes out, it's like whoosh, like that. The sound of air, and it's just like that. And I hear everything magnified. And what James is saying, he says, some of you got some filth in your life, and it's like earwax, and it's keeping you from hearing God. And you need to clean it out. You need to get it softened. You need to come before him. And when you do that in humility, what it means is, okay, God, what do you want to say to me? I'm going to come to you, and I'm not going to fight you off when you say that I've got something in my life that's not pleasing you, that's keeping me from hearing you. And I'm going to, in humility, humbly come before you and bow myself down, and I'm going to confess it, which means I agree with you, God. I agree with what you're saying, and so I'm going to humbly come before you because, God, I want to receive from your word what you have to say to me. Now, just another idea. If you want to come to it humbly, come before and receive it humbly. Here's one way that you could do that as well. Every time you pick up your Bible, you just might do this. God, I'm just telling you yes before I read. I'm just telling you yes before I read. That's another way you come to it humbly, and then you know you're open to whatever God says to you that day. Second idea is this. If I'm going to embrace the Bible, I must read it carefully. I must read it carefully and I just want to add regularly and systematically in there, but carefully, regularly, systematically. James says this, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully, circle that, look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Now, folks, just say this. Look at, this, look at the study, and we saw that 19% of the people read their Bible every day. We saw 18% never read their Bible. And this is churchgoers, mind you, churchgoers. What God wants us to understand is if we're going to be able to hear from him, we've got to read the book. It doesn't matter how many Bibles you own. Some of you own a lot of Bibles. It doesn't matter that you have a Bible on display. It doesn't matter that you carry a Bible. It only matters if you read the Bible, if you read it. Some of us are confused about this. In fact, we're going to watch a video clip here. This is from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, about reading the Bible. Well, I say it was divine providence what escaped us from jail. And I say it was me being clever. Ain't that right, Poochie? Well, how do you know it weren't divine providence what inspired you to be clever? Anyway, I ain't stealing no ship. It ain't stealing. It's salvaging. Since when did you care? Since we're not immortal no more. We've got to take care of our immortal souls. You know you can't read. It's the Bible, you get credit for trying. Pretending to read the Bible's a lie. That's a mark against... 
Uh, some of you like that. You kind of think that same way. It's the Bible. You get credit for trying, right? You know, just kind of having it in my hand, and I get credit for that. And somehow God's going to speak to me without ever actually opening. You notice he had it upside down too, right? Not only couldn't read it, but it was actually upside down as well. You have to read it. See, what James said, he said, he said, and you have to read it carefully. You need to open it up and look at it carefully. And he talks about a mirror here. And he talks about those times when, you know, you glance in the mirror. You know, you're running out the door and you just kind of make sure the, the, the bigger things are all in order. And you glance in the mirror and you run out the door. And, and he says, and he compared that to the times where you look into the mirror. And you want to make sure everything is right. I have a junior high daughter. And we're transitioning from running by the mirror to looking in the mirror all the time, okay? And so, you know, it used to be like fast and out. Now it's like, when is that girl ever going to get out of the bathroom as she's looking in the mirror? Well, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be like junior high girls in a mirror. He wants us to come to his word and look at it, look at it intently because he wants us to see everything that he wants to show us as we look into that mirror. So if you're going to hear God's, you know, word, you've got to spend time in the book. So I'm going to suggest three things. You want to write these down. If you're going to read the Bible, you need a time. So you got to pick a time that you're going to do it. And uh, I just think that if you can pick the same time, then patterns help. Habits help. So you pick the same time, and so you think, okay, when's the best time? Well, the best time is when you're at your best, okay? Just think about that. And so you want to read that. So, you know, for me, that would be the morning. But I kind of always get it done in the morning. So there's, I found a time in the evening when I can also do it. So I can make sure I can get it in. So you pick the time. So you have to have that. Then you have a place. And I think there's really a lot to be said about patterns. There's a lot to be said about what happens physically and emotionally in patterns that can be built into us so that when I'm sitting in, the, in this place, and you know, sometimes it's a special chair, you know, and I'm sitting in that, and there's, you know, it's the same scene, and it's the same setting, it's comfortable, and I'm sitting there, and God speaks to me in that moment, and he's speaking to me right there, and I hear him speak, then what happens is, is I come back later, same place, same chair, same feeling, same emotions start coming. I, I hear God speak again, only I now I have history in there. So I just think the same place really helps a lot. And then you need a plan. You need a plan to follow. That's why I said systematically and regularly. And we talk a lot about a reading plan around here. Uh, we have life journals over in our bookstore. And in those life journals in the back, there's a reading plan that you can follow. Uh, last week, I know some of you weren't here last week, but we handed out our quarterly you know, reading cards so that you could follow along. And that reading card, and there should be several scattered around the lobby if you want to pick up one today. So you can follow that reading plan if you want it. If you have a mobile device that does this, you can look, uh, look up version. And then version, you can download several reading plans. The one we use is right there. You can get that on your mobile device, so you can have that available as well. Say, you don't, say you're really struggling with that kind of plan. I just want to encourage you with a couple other thoughts. One, our plan would be to read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. So you say, I'm going to start with Matthew, and I'm going to read, you know, start reading there, and I'm going to read Mark, and then I'm going to read Luke, and I'm going to read John. So you start that as your plan. Maybe, just maybe, some of you struggle with Jesus. And you're like, I don't really want to begin with him yet. And so if that's the case, then just move over to the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you can read Psalms. And in the Psalms, you're reading of a guy. He's writing about all the feelings he has about God and life. And maybe that's even too much for you. And then you say, God, I really just want to get what the general idea of what God is like and his wisdom. Go to Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. Pretty much, you know, every day of the month, you can have a Proverbs that you can read. The idea is that you will follow a plan. Now, some of you are going to ask this question. How much should I read, Ron? 
How much do I need to read every day? Well, here's the idea. I heard this phrase. It fits really well. Don't read for distance. Read for depth. Don't read for distance. Read for depth. And so what you want to do is you don't want to just, you know, read for distance. You can mark off every day that I read for distance, and I made it through the whole book, but the book never got into me, so you read for depth. Depth. Not depth. Depth. Okay. And so what you want to do is you want to think about this. Read. I'm going to phrase it this way. Read until you hit a bump. Read until you hit a bump. So you're reading along, and so honestly, sometimes you're reading along, you're like, oh, I'm just having a hard time getting anything out of this, and all of a sudden, bump. God speaks. All of a sudden, just bump. And it's the Holy Spirit. God speaks just in that bump. So then you would look, what, was, what, is he, what is he saying? And you would stop, and you would journal that verse because it's speaking to you, and then you would write it down, and you would journal about that, and maybe that's all you read for that day. Here's the cool thing about the Bible. You're reading that same passage next year or next, you know, two years from now or something. You're reading along. Go along. You go past that bump, and bump. There's another bump because God's Word is alive and active. It's looking to speak to you every time you read it, even when you read the same things again. So just read until you get a bump. Not looking for distance. We're looking for depth. Okay, third idea is this. Embrace the Bible for my life. I must reflect on it continually. I must reflect on it continually. James says this. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard. Circle that. Don't forget what you heard. Then God will bless you for doing it. And then in Joshua 1, talks about the whole idea of meditation, which is what we're talking about. It says, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Only when? What's the Bible say here? Only when you meditate on it day and night. There's not a quick way to what the Bible would call prosperity. And lots of folks tell you about prosperity and say that you can get prosperity just by praying or praising or whatever you would want to do. But what God says, prosperity in your life comes, real prosperity in your life comes when you meditate on his word. So I just want to encourage you to begin journaling. That's one way that you can do this is just to begin journaling. And like I said, we have our life journals over there. You don't have to use our life journal. Just use any journal, any you know, spiral notebook. Just make it yours and just start journaling the things that God spoke to you so you can have that over history. I've been doing it for 28 years now. 28 years I've been journaling consistently God's thoughts and God's words to me. Journaling helps you. It helps you with this whole idea of meditation. So then meditation is, I come to God and I say, I'm going to meditate on a verse. And, uh, you know, I'm going to meditate on that bump, that bump verse I had. So I'm going to, what I want to do is I want to plan a way I can think about it every day. I mean, all day long. So I can write it on a three-by-five card and carry it with me. And then everywhere I go, and I'm stopping, have a moment, I pull that card out, and I read that verse again so I can meditate on what God said to me. Maybe that's a little bit hard. So then I would think about some Psalms. This is one reason to memorize scripture. We're going to talk about that as well. Psalm 23. So I go through my day and I just recite over and over again. Maybe the first verse one day, the second verse another day, the third verse. And I just meditate on what it is that God is saying to me. So journaling, meditation, and then memorization. We're going to do that a lot in this series. We're going to have six verses we're going to memorize. But here's the cool thing about memorization. See, what happens is often we go through life... And we don't have this with us. Now, in the, day, the age we live in now with the portable devices, we can have the Bible with us all the time. 
all the time, right there at our fingertips. But we don't often have that. And plus, oftentimes it's going to be we're in a conversation where it's going to be awkward to pull the Bible out. We want to memorize the Bible so that when we're in situations where God wants us to give comfort or challenge or care or help someone who's grieving or help someone with wisdom, that when, when, when that's happening, God, we've lodged verses in our brain. They don't come out if we don't lodge them there. We lodge them in our brain so then God can say, he can grab that verse and pull it out so you can speak into that person's life. That's the value of memorization. But also the value of memorization is when things come at you and you're overwhelmed and you're in the middle of something, the stresses of life is going on, then God clicks a verse into your mind and that verse is pulled out and it gives you the wisdom or it gives you the insight to handle such comfort that you're needing for that moment. There's lots of value in memorization. So we need to grab hold of his word. Okay, last idea is this. I must respond to it wisely. I must respond to it wisely. And I'll just say the wisest way is to do it immediately. Just do whatever it said immediately. Don't put it off. The longer you put it off, the more you're likely not to do what it says. I, I think that's why those statistics would show how many people don't read their Bible during the week is because they've put off. You know, they walk out of here and maybe inspired in some way and want to know more about God, but then life happens, and then we don't get to it. James 1.22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. That's why I said wisely. You fool yourself if you don't do what God says. So what we're going to say in this series is this. It's very, very important to know what the Bible says. It's extremely important to know what the Bible says. But it's even more important to do what the Bible says. It's even more important to take what I know and put it into action. In fact, look what Jesus says in Matthew 7. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the harsh winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus' words of truth to you and me. If you choose to build on his words, on the Bible, it's like building on bedrock. And I've seen people that do this. I'll be visiting with a family this afternoon. Their loved one's dying probably today. And as I'm talking with them, we will be all comforted by the fact that that loved one built their life on bedrock and that everyone in the room did as well. I had someone else talk to me about the difference uh, when you work for hospice and you're in a room, the difference between someone who has faith and knows Christ and someone who doesn't is this wide in the way that they handle the end of life. And Jesus says, if you built it on bedrock, your life won't crash when those storms come. But if you built it on sand, if you built it on just the words of culture, then when the hard times come, you will crash. You will crash. And Jesus wants us to know joy. He wants us to build a solid life. And here's a really cool thing. I want to read this verse from Psalm 1611. 
if you'll develop the habit of reading the book, if you'll develop the habit of embracing the book, your life will be richer. And you will be building on a solid place. And you will know the kind of joy that everyone's looking for, and you're looking for it as well. But it's found in this book. Psalm 1611 says this. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. What happens is, as we embrace this book, then we get to live in the pages, and we get to know God personally. Let's listen to this song. All right, would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Well, God, we've heard a lot about your word today and the importance of it in our lives. And uh, Lord, I, I just ask today that uh, as a church family that we would take the challenge. Take the challenge to be in your word. The Bible is your word to us. And so today we'd say, maybe some of us would just say, God, I'm going to receive your word humbly. That's all I can say to you today is I just want to receive it. I've had so many, I've had all these barriers and I've been afraid of you. I've been scarred by your church. I've been scarred by other people who say they believe the Bible and, or I don't even know if I trust you yet, God. But God, I'm going to just take down the barriers today and I'm going to say I'll read it. And I just ask all of us that we just say, we'll read it. We're going to come to that book and we're going to make a time and we're going to read. We're going to read till we hear you say something to us. And then we're going to reflect on it. We're going to just take our time then and just reflect on what it was that you said to us and maybe even take it out into our day and see how that verse even applies in every circumstance we face. And then we're going to respond. We'll just do what you say, God. We just want to tell you today that today is yes. Yes, I'll do what you say. And God, I pray that you would fill us with a supernatural power to allow us to be diligent and to be committed to this 40 days so that we can truly know the joy that you have for us when we're in relationship with you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.